0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Proton Pack podcast. We are back. It's been a little over a year since uh, we last put out our last episode, so we're calling this Season 2, Episode 1. And of course, I'm Christian Phoenix. With me always is Tony. Tony, how you doing?
1: Hey guys, it's good to be back. Chris, this is awesome to be doing this again. We have taken uh, quite a long hiatus, but um, obviously we're still talking and chatting and we've hung a bunch since then but uh yeah this is great i'm excited to be back excited to do geeky nerdy conversations and uh hopefully you guys are excited for season two
0: Exactly. And uh, we've got a lot to cover, you know, uh, lots of news articles, and it follows the same format that we previously had. So we're going to be talking TV news, get into movies, and then at the very end, talk video games and whatever miscellaneous stuff as well. So with that being said, we're going to head into uh, kicking this thing off. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. (laughs) Well, like I said, folks, we are back. This is the Proton Pack podcast. I'm Christian Phoenix here with Tony. Um, Tony rocking the uh, Ghostbusters shirt, which is awesome.
1: In in honor of Proton Pack, brought it back. Got this uh, little gem at Universal uh, Orlando when I was out there. Actually, a nice little raglan, a little thin for this cold arse day here in Colorado. (laughs) But uh, hey, it works well, though.
0: Exactly. And uh, if you guys were watching or following along from the previous iteration of the Proton Pack, uh, Tony, it looks like you've added a few more pops to your collection.
1: Oh, man. They've they've gone out of control. I've actually I, I want to say I've quit. They've grown everywhere. I have um, they've taken over over here. You got like Peacemaker, you got Ninja, <laughs> Ninja Turtles, and now there's like more Metallica on the other side of the screen. But uh, yeah, Mandalorian, it's 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 taken a, a life of its own and i've and i'm still buying them like from you where I can. <laughs> in fact there's one um i'll tilt the camera up a bit there is uh like my x-men collection right up here yep let see if i can follow my stupid hand uh they released uh sentinel with little wolverine uh-huh uh, i've been wanting to get that 145 and then like for music there's uh pantera released one which is really hard to get um and there's Vic Rattlehead of Megadeth. So I don't want to get more, but my God, this they keep releasing cool ones. And
0: it's yeah. a little bit of an addiction, you know, and for the most part, they're very affordable, you know, 10, 12 bucks for the common ones. You know, if you are a collector and want the exclusives, you know, they can go up from there. But, um, you know, they're fun. You know, whatever geeky, nerdy thing you're into, even stuff that's not even really that geeky, nerdy. Pop makes, uh, you know, Funko makes a pop for it.
1: They really do. And uh, the fact that a lot of them are worth a lot of money, I think that gets, that's what got my sister excited about it. And uh, what's kind of funny is uh, Jamie and his nieces came over and she was so excited to show the girls this room. And I'm just thinking, they're just going to think this guy's kind of a creepy old dude dating their aunt. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of freaking toys and stuff on there. So well,
0: I'm sure they lost their mind, um, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, they were blown away. Like this dude has more toys than I do. It's nuts. <laughs> Which, you know, mostly all in packaging. So I don't know if it's cool or pathetic, but if you're watching the show, it's probably pretty cool. So,
0: well, it just goes into, you know, this is the stuff that we live and breathe. We love it. You know, I my entire career is based around creating content and, uh, you know, so it's it's definitely an extension of who we are. and And, you know, we're big kids at heart.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. I know at your house too. Uh, you've got quite a bit of the Funko Pops going on. It's it's really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I would have more if I had more space, but I don't. So.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, I'm I'm running out of space. Like I don't know what to do with them anymore. They've kind of taken over this room.
0: <laughs>
1: it's nuts.
0: And uh, well, that does it for Funko Pop Talk, you know. But uh, yeah,
1: that's what you signed up for for season two, exactly. Funko Pops, or nope. Tony's room.
0: Actually, what we are going to be talking about, and let's go ahead and get into it, is uh, let's kick things off as we always do with TV news. Bazinga! Call oh! uh, the Queen of the Quad. <laughs> hey, baby. Puffy. Let's go, Bob. Excellent! Hail to the king, baby! Man, I haven't heard that TV intro in a while. Brings back memories. Oh,
1: it's it really does, man. It, it's it's good to hear the stuff. <laughs> it's like revisiting an old friend. It's so it nice. Is.
0: It is. Well, let's go ahead and kick things off with our first story, of course. You know, Marvel is probably the biggest thing in geeky, nerdy fandom. Well, Marvel is answering the prayers of many with word that John Bernthal's Punisher is returning, returning for the upcoming Disney Plus series Daredevil Born Again. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Bernthal is reprising his hard-hitting role as Frank Castle for the forthcoming series, starring Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio as Matt Murdoch also known as Daredevil, and Kingpin, respectively. Unfortunately, Deborah Ann Woll and Eldon Henson are not expected to reprise their roles as Karen Page and Foggy Nelson in the spin-off series Daredevil: Born Again, which uh, you know, if you had watched the original De- Daredevil series on Netflix, really wasn't part of the MCU, but they did a great job of kind of incorporating him back in in the She-Hulk series. And I actually kind of like the lighter, more comedic version of Daredevil than the dark, brooding uh, Netflix version. What do you think, Tone?
1: Well, I, I I agree. It, it's I'm so glad they brought Charlie Cox back and uh, Vincent the, uh, I can't say Dinofrio. his last name, so <laughs> D'Onofrio. Names are still hard with me, apparently. <laughs> um, no, I think it's great that they brought those two back, and I mean if we're talking about Genthal's, uh Punisher coming back, that's going to be awesome, because he was fantastic. Um, not sure how it's going to be, but um, looking forward to this Daredevil series. I'm very excited for it.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting, because the Netflix was more on like the TVMA, R-rated side of things that... <laughs> You know, uh, a lot of blood, a lot of gore, some language, and now it's Disney Plus. So, how are they going? And, and knowing that it's Marvel, they'll probably treat it very well. But uh, I love John Bernthal as Punisher, but he probably won't be as dark and gritty as you got in the Netflix series.
1: This is true. Yeah, they were allowed to go really dark, R rated, like, um, and it'll be interesting. I mean, they're going to let Deadpool be. Uh, you know, they want to keep it Deadpool, so. Um, I'm hoping they let this one uh, play out how it should. But again, it's always weird being on a Disney streaming, right? It's not what you think for Disney.
0: (laughs) Yeah, But, you know, they did right by uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil with She-Hulk. So I've got high hopes for it, for sure.
1: I do, too. And they're not afraid to do tongue in cheek with this actuality. In fact, uh, the Simpsons, they haven't edited much of the old Simpsons. There's still a lot of tongue in cheek stuff in there that <laughs> still remains today. So
0: exactly, um, you know, and unfortunately, they don't have a release date for it. Uh, what they are saying is that it is shooting in twenty twenty three, which means we'll probably start seeing it, uh, you know, middle of the year, maybe springtime of twenty twenty four.
1: That's what I'm guessing. Because it doesn't seem like they have a lot on the uh, docket there for uh, Marvel shows for this upcoming year. They're kind of more focused on uh, reintroducing the movies.
0: Yeah, I like. you know what if is probably going to be the the big tent pole of of the Disney Plus series. Um, really going into this whole multiverse saga,
1: right? Because last year we got tons of just Marvel shows and they were great for the most part. For the
0: most part. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. I don't know if we, we didn't get to really cover a lot last year on the show because we were in hiatus and just busy with life. And um, I was working late shifts. Now I'm back on early shifts, which allows us to do these shows again, right. which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I really did not care for Miss Marvel. <laughs> I mean, I thought that show just was the drizzling shits. So it well, was it was pretty bad.
0: And at some point we'll probably have to do sort of a phase four breakdown because yeah, they had some good spots, but for the most part it wasn't the best. But it's a setup for phase yeah. 5 and yeah, you know, we could talk about that for hours. But uh, you yeah. guys don't have hours, so we're going to go ahead and move on to the next TV story. story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been announced that Clancy Brown will be headed to Garth- Gotham City as he's joining the cast of the Penguin series as Salvatore Moroni. In DC Ooh, Comics, good. Salvatore Moroni is a powerful mob boss in Gotham City, who also happened to be the one who disfigured Harvey Dent, prompting his transformation into Two-Face. The character has appeared several times in various Batman-related projects, most notably by Eric Roberts, uh, the uh, the brother of Julia Roberts in The Dark Knight, and by David Zayas in Gotham. The Penguin series will co-star or actually star Colin Farrell, who will reprise his role of Oswald Cobblepot from Matt Reeves' The Batman. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they integrate this in, you know, they're kind of taking that Disney Plus model and... Uh, trying to do series that connect to the film franchises. But now we've got James Gunn, who's heading up DC. And um, so I'm not exactly sure how it's going to play in, if we're going to see much of Batman, but Clancy Brown, great actor. Colin Farrell, great Hmm. actor. Matt Reeves, fantastic director, though, in my personal opinion, this version of the Batman was just a little too dark.
1: Yeah, I thought it was just okay. It wasn't my favorite of the Batman series. It wasn't bad, but I also have a hell of a time thing, you know, looking at um Edward, you know, I just see him from Twilight. So, uh, <laughs> just seeing him as Batman, it was it's a little weird for me. I mean, but otherwise it wasn't bad. It just wasn't my favorite of them. No. But no. this is great though. Uh, I love what James Gunn's doing and he calls the any project that was going on before is going to be like the uh Um, what he has a different title for, right? It's like Elseworlds, it's it's The the Elseworlds. Yeah. I really like that. He has the formula of Marvel down and now he's incorporated DC because DC has some great properties if done right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, if you've listened to the old iteration of the show, uh, you know, we, we had our major problems with how DC was handling their movie series, um, with james gunn in the helm and we'll talk about him a little bit when we talk movies but uh, i think it's in the right hands even though people still are losing their shit and you know bitching and moaning yeah. and complaining because well,
1: uh, i don't think you're gonna please the, the masses ever right you know it's like people that came out with ant-man quantum mania that just came out a couple weeks ago i got it's like the worst rated film on rotten tomatoes i, I don't see why i thought it was rather enjoyable yeah. was it the best of the three ant-man no but It was still damn good, I thought.
0: Yeah. You know, so we'll see how, again, this DC integrates, but, you know, more comic properties that really treat the source material well. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, me too. Sign me up. I I look forward to seeing this. um, And I I would imagine we're going to be catching this on HBO Max. More than likely. Yeah. (laughs) That's where I would think they're going to hit that, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or they can be dark and gritty. <laughs> There's no problems with that. Yeah.
0: They don't have the same sort of uh, family friendly standards <laughs> oh, oh, oh. as Disney Plus has. So.
1: No, no, no. HBO a allowed to go buck wild, which is right, pretty
0: damn cool. Right. Just watch Peacemaker, for instance.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> Peacemaker's fantastic. So good. Fantastic.
0: All right. Well, let's it's move on.
1: Done. done show, by the way. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, let's move on to another comic property that was adapted to TV, though most people probably don't even realize it. Uh, we're talking The Walking Dead. When Andrew Lincoln's character Rick Grimes rode out of the AMC series The Walking Dead on a helicopter in season nine, the plan was that we'd see the character again in a trilogy of feature films. The plan has since changed to a miniseries that will reunite Rick with his love, Michonne, played by Denai Guerrera. The Rick and Michonne miniseries is now filming in New Jersey, and Deadline has announced the first bit of casting for it. Obviously, Lincoln and Guerrera are being joined by Leslie Ann Brandt, who may be best known for playing the character Mazikeen on 93 episodes of the popular TV series Lucifer, which I know is a favorite Great series show. of yours, Tone. Yeah, um, fantastic you know, we, show. We've talked Walking Dead recently. Um, I kind of fell out of the watching The Walking Dead really when Rick left in season nine just because it, it was too much it was a little long in the tooth you had these uh, episodes that would just go a little too long but he was always my favorite character you know i always loved michonne as well and because this is a mini series it would be a great way to get back into the walking dead franchise
1: this might be a good way to call it um you know i don't I don't want we're not big on spoilers on this show, but if you haven't seen the finale, like I skipped the last season, I went right to the end and just the way they basically all went their own path. It's not like anything major happened. And um, we talked about this years ago on this show um, with the way they they got rid of Andrew Lincoln. They said it was happening before it happened. They're like, oh, he's leaving the show. Well, what Walking Dead, what made Walking Dead so great probably 10 years ago was the shock factor. You never knew who was going to go. And I mean, I'm, you know, no one was safe. Negan, nobody. And that was what, that was the appeal you had. It was must watch TV every week. And by the end, it just became, God, there was like, I think they had three spinoffs, right? It was like escape the Walking Dead, fear the Walking walking Dead. dead, Yeah. And, and, And then you had all the talking dead with Chris Hardwick on all this stuff. And I got to tell you, the ending was just disappointing. I, it didn't answer squat. It just still just <laughs> spreads. But, hey, you know, but I hope one day it leads to a finale where it can truly tie together. And I'm with you. I think, uh, you know, Rick Grimes was awesome. I mean, he was the heart and soul of it, right? So exactly. when he left, it, it, did, it did get kind of wonky. Um, not saying I didn't love Daryl Dixon. I mean, Norman Reedus was fantastic. Or Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Negan. Um who I liked more as the scary villain, like
0: right? That the good was guy.
1: crazy. Yeah, the good guy wasn't as much. You know, it's it's taking a good heel and making him a face, and it just <laughs> it wasn't bad. But I liked I liked the heel Negan. You know, that was I still to this day have the uh, just happen to have him right here as I launch at the screen. You
0: know, <laughs> is bad he holding Lucille?
1: Lucille? That's that's a vampire bat.
0: <laughs> whatever i
1: used to say he's thirsty he always had them great one-liners
0: yeah he did <laughs> yeah but uh so yeah you know i'm looking forward to this and you know admittedly i ha- haven't been following walking dead so again this might be a good way to to get back into the franchise a little bit pick it up again and uh looks like it's set to premiere sometime in 2024 so you got to wait just a little bit longer
1: just a little bit I'm cool with it being just a series. I mean, maybe you just put this on Netflix and just, uh, I mean, well, it's going to be kind of tough because it's AMC. You're probably going to have it as an AMC exclusive, but I think it's going to be better as a series than it would be a movie, like a three part movie. Nobody wants to go see that.
0: (laughs) No, no. And series are the best way of, to do storytelling these days, anyway, yeah, you know, you're able to take your time. It doesn't have to be a set number of episodes. You know, you tell a very proper, succinct story.
1: Yeah, well, it's good too. Is AMC has allowed? I think especially as the the later the show's on, they can drop the f bombs because I they did cuss yeah, in the the last season I saw. You actually got you know f words So I was like, wow, you know, because hmm. you know, Negan was all about cussing in the comics, so. You'd watch the TV and he fine line it, but he would never go there. But in the last uh, last episode I saw, they actually dropped some left bombs. So,
0: yeah, just free reign, man. Make it good. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. Let's move on to our next story. Uh, Boy, this is horror icon meets a series that I had no idea was even being made. But horror legend, a horror legend is joining the cast of Gotham Knights as one of Batman's most terrifying villains. Deadline brings word that Doug Bradley will guest star in the show's sixth episode as Joe Chill. As any DC fan knows, Chill is the petty crook who killed Bruce Wayne's parents and set him on the path to becoming the Dark Knight. Now, Bradley is still most famously known for starring as Pinhead in the first eight films of the Hellraiser franchise. Since his retirement from the role in 2005, he has primarily acted in a variety of low budget indie films. Beyond this, he frequently takes on voiceover roles. Last year, he turned in a memorable performance as the Sith Emperor in Star Wars, The Old Republic. Now, the upcoming series picks up in the aftermath of Bruce Wayne's murder and finds the billionaire's adopted son, uh, Turner Hayes, uh, played by Oscar Morgan, attempting to clear his name after he's falsely accused of the crime alongside the children of Batman's deadliest enemies. But it sounds like we can officially rule out Bradley's character as the real culprit. According to the description, Chill is finally scheduled to be executed after spending 50 years on death row. However, the so-called patron saint of bad guys might have a few secrets to reveal before his time is up. Again, this is a series that I had no idea was even coming out. It's a CW series, and it looks like it's actually set to premiere uh, Tuesday, March 14th. So next Tuesday, we get a brand new DC the uh, CW series that uh, could be pretty interesting.
1: Well, it makes sense because they just ended the Flash, I believe, right? That's mm. all done now. And they did Arrowverse, yeah, all that's done. So, um, I've heard oh, they have the Gotham Knights game, which I've never played. Looks uh, great. Seems looks fantastic. And the same thing, it follows the death of uh, of Batman. So, hey, could be a good show. They actually did a really good job, even though it's like CW. And what do you think with CW? You think One Tree Hill and Dawson's <laughs> Creek and stuff? Well, maybe maybe, maybe the, the newer day audience wouldn't think that. But, oh, man, Tony, that's what I think about when you hear CW. Yeah, for
0: the most part, they treated those DC shows really well. You know, Flash they was really a did, yeah. fantastic show. Um, you know, Arrow had its ups and downs. Uh, Supergirl was great. I enjoyed Legends of Tomorrow. Um, and then they had a few... Yeah. What was a black lightning that uh, maybe lasted two seasons?
1: Yeah. One, well, that's the thing we have always said, too, is D.C. always did their shows great, but their movies, woof.
0: Right. And we're looking forward to that table being turned. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and round out our TV news with a bit of horror news, not Hellraiser, but uh, we're talking Evil Dead. You know, the Deadites are finally returning to theaters next month in Evil Dead Rise. However, some fans are finding it hard to get excited about another installment of the long-running horror series that doesn't feature Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams. Campbell has been the face of the franchise since the original installment in 1981. But although he has, since, re- <laughs> has since been uh, retired playing Ash on screen, he isn't opposed to revisiting the character in different formats. While speaking with Bloody Disgusting, Campbell discussed the animated continuation of the Evil Dead saga that he began teasing last year. Thankfully, it's still in the works, but there's no time frame as to when it will actually premiere. Having played Ash in three Evil Dead movies and all three seasons of Ash vs. Evil Dead, Campbell confirmed his retirement from the role in late 2021, citing his age as a major factor. Despite this, he still returned to voice Ash in 2022's Evil Dead The Game. He also made an appearance as his iconic character in a Dead by Daylight expansion in 2019. But when it comes to the animated series, it sounds like he's beholden to Sam Raimi's jam packed schedule, basically saying that, uh, you know, he's bringing Ash back as Bruce Campbell in an animated format, which honestly, those were my favorite iterations of Evil Dead. Um, the more recent ones are great horror flicks. They are scary as hell, um, in, including this next one coming out, Evil Dead Rise. But it's still not Evil Dead to me without Ash.
1: Yeah. No, and this new one that's coming out next month, which I'm sure we'll talk about, looks scary as hell. It looks yeah, it freaky. Does. It <laughs> really does. Marbles with the Bongos <laughs> now.
0: Yeah, it,
1: it, looks, <laughs> it looks creepy, man. I mean, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Ash was always Evil Dead. Always had that horror where it was freaky, but man, Ash had that comedy comedy relief. So Bruce Campbell brought that, and and the chainsaw and the one liners, and uh it was just great. So hopefully we get that in the new one. But I I can understand. Uh, the uh <laughs> reservations for the new one because it does look straight up horror so
0: well my only hope is that you know with this animated uh evil dead it comes alongside the animated gremlins that we were promised for however long
1: two years yeah i think it came out before covid was the thing yep
0: yep was was no the, sign of it the, yet though
1: yeah gizmo from the year 1900 <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly well folks time. that does it for TV news we're going to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to be talking movies so don't go anywhere You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash angel phoenix productions. Well, folks, welcome back to the Proton Pack podcast. I'm Christian Phoenix. With me always is Tony. Hopefully, you had a nice little break there. Um, enjoyed some of the ads that we had going on, um, you know. And if you are watching the screen, be sure to follow us below at uh, Proton Pack Podcast. So, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, maybe even TikTok at some point. Who knows?
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. Are you like at the TikTok? We be on there someday. Proton Pack, always doing something innovative. It's not really innovative. It's just following the trend.
0: Exactly. Well, we just wrapped up talking movie. i uh, sorry. TV news. Let's go ahead and get into the movie TV news. news. Let's get to movies. Exactly. And something that we like to do. I was looking for the soundbite that we usually have, but for some reason, I don't have it in here. So next episode, we'll have it. But let's go ahead and talk about box office report. Of course, if you're listening to this, it's likely Friday when it drops. So we're going to be talking last weekend's box office with the number one movie being Creed three opened with 50 58.6 million dollars uh tony you had a chance to see that i haven't seen it yet um and basically what you were saying is it wasn't as good as one and two but it was still pretty decent right
1: yeah it was enjoyable it was definitely worth going but i felt at times so for um damien or who they just call him dame a lot in the movie um i kind of felt and that's jonathan majors aka king mm-hmm. if you wanted to know um I kind of felt for him more than Creed. Like Creed was kind of a jerk, you know, it's like his ego got too big. He retired. He was kind of like a little bit of Rocky five, you know, how he found Tommy Gunn, and he kind of, yo, it's my brother. <laughs> yeah, Tommy. Yeah, you know, back and forth. I can't ever do it as good as Ryan wink. Uh, but, uh, but in this one, like Creed is, he's kind of like that. He's kind of like, it's me, me, me. And, and, when you learn the history of like why Dame went to prison and all that stuff, you kind of feel for, him. but then the the pacing was weird. It's like one minute Dame's out of prison. And then all of a sudden Dame needs, to, needs a place and he's back in the gym. And all of a sudden he tricks his way into a title match against Creed's protege. And, you know, spoiler alert, he wins the championship. And then all of a sudden the dude's rich and he's in a penthouse. And I'm thinking, how was a felon that's done like 18 years. For gun violation, all of a sudden he's in a penthouse and stuff. Right, it, you're the champ, but <laughs> it all happened like this. So you know, if you could suspend your disbelief of reality for it, not bad for what it is. Um, and the and the epic last fight was strange for a boxing. It was like uh, very artsy. They're like fighting at Dodger Stadium, and it's like you know the slow is like you would kind of get Rocky, the up close to just the hits. It's like the the fans disappeared. It's just these two in a dark Dodger stadium boxing. And it's like, it's kind of weird. Hmm. I mean, creativity, Michael B. Jordan for being creative on the takes of it. But, uh, you know, not a bad one. I would definitely give it a, a so-so. Like, I mean, I'd go catch it on a, a matinee or I would stream it. I don't think I would recommend go paying... Um, you're hard to earn money unless you're diehard Rocky and you love Creed one and two. You'll go see it, but yeah, my opinion, which is you know like assholes, everyone has one. <laughs> right. um, I I can't. Uh, I just doesn't make me a professional movie critic. Um, but I just think it's not as good as the first two. My uncle disagrees. He loved it. He's the best of the
0: three. Well, and if you think about it, so Creed one and two, uh, directed by Ryan Coogler, who did the Black Panther movies, Um, an experienced director, obviously both starring Michael B. Jordan. Well, Creed three is produced by Ryan Coogler, but it's directed by Michael B. Jordan. I don't know if it's his first shot out of the gate, but you know, anytime you switch directors, it's easy for it to feel disjointed compared to the previous iterations.
1: That makes a lot of sense because it really did. Some people said, well, it's because there's no Sly Stallone. There's like a brief mention of Rocky, <sighs> but that's it. And that's fine because he's not the focus, but he was always kind of a mentor, you know, or it's like that guiding light, like the Mickey, per right. se, in the other two creeds. So this one, not even really a mention. It's, and some parts of the movie are predictable. You'll know what I mean when you see it. I don't want to spoil it for you, but- yeah, that was the best way. Is the flavor was different. And that makes a lot of sense.
0: Okay, it
1: was, you hit the nail on the head with that when you switch out a director. it reminds me of, of uh, one that comes to mind with Star Trek, the the latest ones. It
0: exactly. Was, you know,
1: it was it J.J. Abrams for one and two, but then he left to go do Star Wars, so you had somebody else do the third, and it just. You had the same cast, but man, it felt
0: different. It, it, it does. Yeah, you know, it always feels different. And it's always tough for a third one to be as good as the first or even the second one. So um, yeah, I'm still going to see it. Probably not in theaters, but uh, it's been a while since I saw the first two. So it's definitely got to get caught up there. Yeah. Moving on to number yeah, two. Number two at the box office, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Boy, Jonathan Majors has two movies in the top two. Um, that guy's stock is skyrocketing. Uh, it only made twelve point four million over the weekend, but has a domestic gross total of one hundred eighty-six point seven million. So it's not doing too shabby. I've seen it twice. How many times have you seen it now, Tone? Just once.
1: Believe it or not, I want to see it again. I've watched a lot of like uh, new rock stars and Screen Crush, and a lot of a lot of things. I've I got to catch from other people's Easter eggs and theories and stuff i know jamie Anna and i have wanted to go see it again um especially spoiler alert if you haven't seen it this part maybe just fast forward real quick or blah blah, blah. <laughs> but at the end you know how he's uh doing the welcome back cotter's scene like he did in the beginning of the movie but he's having those thoughts like i think we won yeah we for sure won but did we win and then if you notice everybody in that scene um, they don't really recognize him quite like they did in the beginning, and everybody's wearing purple and green. So, mm-hmm. the kind of a foreshadowing, like, yeah, he didn't, he didn't win. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, he's in a different timeline. So, um, hence the whole multiverse thing, and it's, uh, I like where it's going, and uh, I really enjoyed the movie for what it was. Visually, it was fantastic. I would love to see it in three D. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was great.
0: Great movie. Like I said, I, I enjoyed it. Better the second time after knowing all of the spoilers, the Easter eggs, all of that stuff and could really kind of go in and, and see it from a critical, um, you know, uh, movie philosophy view as opposed to just sitting back and enjoying it the first way, you know, the way I did the first time. So, uh, yes. I would recommend it. And you know, if you're not one for the theaters, Disney plus is great about releasing these movies, uh, pretty quickly. So I would imagine probably in the next six weeks, we'll probably see it on Disney plus I,
1: I bet. It'll drop right before may because you have gardens of the galaxy may 5th. And mm-hmm. if it kind of sticks with like black Panther did, uh, black Panther came out in, right before Ant-Man in and, late November. Yeah. yeah. They dropped right before then. So might be the same.
0: Cool. Number three at the box office was Cocaine Bear with 11.2 million. It's made 41.2 million uh, domestic gross. Uh, that looks like just a fun movie. And it is the last movie from my good buddy. Uh, Ray Liotta, you know, and yeah, uh,
1: yeah, you and Ray were tight. You sold him a car. Yeah, he eh, was kind of a pain in the ass, but man. He had you on speed dial. Oh
0: man, he, hey, called, he called me every, to every other day. Fix this. And <laughs>
1: hey, what are you doing, this guy? There's more things to do than I can shake a stick at.
0: Yeah, fantastic actor. I he said to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's cocaine co- bear. Cocaine bear looks like a lot of fun. Um, and I was reading earlier that, uh, you know, the whole Sharknado uh, sci-fi channel spinoff. Somebody's yeah. making a cocaine shark uh, uh, film, which is, you know, just a, a oh, goofy man. spinoff. Uh, I
1: see cocaine shark. <laughs> Number I, four. I heard this movie is so stupid, but I want to see it. I ain't going to lie to you. I'll yeah. want to see cocaine Man.
0: I'd be going in with zero expectations. So
1: exactly. Hey, with all the trailers I have to watch on Jimmy's show. Sign me up. i sit through all that crap. I can sit through some cocaine there.
0: <laughs> exactly. Number four at the box office was the anime, uh, boy, hit Demon Slayer into the Swordsmith Demon Village. Slayer. Made 10.1 million. Neither of us are really anime guys. So uh, we're just going to kind of skip past that because we have you're zero fan, insight. You
1: know, you know,
0: Yep. you'll see it if you're a fan. Uh, number five at the box office was uh, Jesus Revolution, Jesus Revolution, something that I am have zero familiarity with, but uh, hey, it did enough to uh, get number five with $8.6 million. Yeah, you look just as confused as I am. For them.
1: Yeah, well, I I saw the picture for the next movie and I'm like, uh, yeah, that looks like a Navi, but uh, if you want to go, Jesus yeah, is cool. <laughs>
0: Exactly, <laughs> number six, Avatar: The Way of Water, with three point five million. Boy, domestically, it's made six hundred seventy point six million dollars, and I think it's surpassed the one billion mark uh, worldwide at this point.
1: Yeah, it's an enjoyable movie, beautiful three D. Oh my gosh, I just with these morning shifts now, I go in, I, I'm up at two thirty in the morning, I'm out by you know by two p.m. It's they're long days, but man, I went and saw this last week. And it was hard to stay awake, not because it was boring. It's just it's a long movie. It's a long time to sit, but beautiful movie, though. I mean, you know, if you like the original Avatar, it's good. I mean, some some stuff was a little long drawn, but uh, the action was great. And I I enjoyed it. I'm sure most everybody that's seen it um, enjoys it as well.
0: Exactly. Have you seen it? I have Uh, actually saw it twice and uh, really enjoyed it. I think I even liked it better than the first one.
1: Yeah, the 3D was, I thought, better this time around. Oh, and the, the visual effects were just come.
0: amazing. I mean, you you yeah. forget that you're watching something that's almost completely CG.
1: Yeah, it looks really good. A lot in the ocean and... You know, yeah, I love being out there, so it's it's enjoyable.
0: (laughs) All right, and then I'm quickly going to rattle off the rest of the top ten. In seventh place, you had Operation Fortune with 3.1 million. You had Puss in Boots: The Last Wish with 2.7 million. Ah, Puss in Boots. And then Tony's two favorite movies of the year: Magic Mike's Last Dance with 1.1 million, and 80 for Brady with 845 thousand dollars.
1: 80 for Brady, you know, went from pectorials
0: to floppies. <laughs> you Chest- probably say the same about Magic Mike, too. He's getting up there in age.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's the last dance with Magic Mike. Couldn't even beat <laughs> freaking pussy boots.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It <laughs> is It is a very niche movie, you know, and most people won't go to see it. Definitely not our cup of tea.
1: No, I'm sorry. I've never seen one. Don't intend to see one. My aunt's seen it. A lot of my friends at work that are girls, they've seen it multiple times. And I'm sure it's for the magic, you know, like the card tricks and all the magic coins that pop out behind your ears. For
0: <laughs> sure. By I'm the sure way, that's
1: what it's about.
0: If you get a chance, uh Channing Tatum was on uh, with Jimmy Fallon and they did this Little Kid Theater. Um, it's one of his recurring segments, but basically kids write a script. Watch the one he did for Magic Mike. It is hilarious.
1: It okay, is I'll check so that fun. out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that does it for the weekend box office report. Let's go ahead and get into the actual movie news. Now, the first is something that uh, we were excited about when we first heard, though I would say cautiously excited, After the cast announcement over the weekend for the new movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, Paramount now shows the new trailer online with a ninja star. The new animated adventure comedy comes from Seth Rogen as he takes on producing duties with longtime producing partner Evan Goldberg. The new animated film is a brand new interpretation of the popular franchise and will have no relation to the big screen adaptations produced uh, by explosion maestro Michael Bay. Now, the official synopsis is after years of being sheltered from the human world, the Turtle Brothers set out to win the hearts of New Yorkers and be accepted as normal teenagers through heroic acts. Their new friend, April O'Neil, helps them take on a mysterious crime syndicate, but they soon get in over their heads when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. So watching the trailer... My first impression is the animation style is very close to uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, uh, some very cool comic booky, almost stop motion feel to it. Um, looks like it could be fun. It's not as funny as I expected it to be, just knowing that it's coming from Seth Rogen, uh, but it does have a great voice cast. Um, you know, you've got uh, boy Hannibal Burris, Rose Byrne, John Cena, Jackie Chan, Ice Cube, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, uh, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, Maya Rudolph, and then uh, they also have some characters that we haven't seen in the movies like um, Genghis Frog, uh, Ray Fillet, Mondo yeah. Gecko, and Leatherhead. Mondo
1: M- 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 H- Gecko, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot. So Rose Byrne is uh, Leatherhead's gonna be interesting. Oh, I didn't remember know. like in the eighties cartoon. Yeah. She's Leatherhead. Interesting. Weird as that is.
0: Okay. I, I wonder if it's going we to be kids? a full it gender like swap a- or.
1: I'm Leatherhead. What if it's going to have a Cajun? you know, cause he was always Mr. Cajun voice.
0: Exactly. The weird kids. Yeah. So, you know, and we'll post the trailer up on our uh, Facebook page so you guys can check it out. Let us know what you think about it. Um, You know, again, I'm cautiously optimistic about the movie. I do have a little bit of an issue where they they take beloved characters and they basically are trying to fit this new woke woke culture. Um, That being that, you know, April O'Neil is an African-American now, which, you know, that fact doesn't bother me. It's the fact that you've got this beloved character who is portrayed one way for years. Just create a new character. Yeah. That's my stance.
1: It could be a new friend. I would love just to have new characters. You, you could even go different. Like, you could still have the original Turtles. You can even introduce. Because my one problem with this, too, and I'm sure it'll grow on me, is, well, the three, like, Leo, Raph, and uh, Mikey all had legit teenage voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donatello sounds like too much of a little kid to me. Right. And, I mean, with the glasses thing, I'm just like, eh. Kind of reminds me like you and I didn't watch. I don't know how much you watched it, it. I watched like an episode and I was done. But the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the uh, Nickelodeon show that followed the great CGI one. Mm-hmm. Um, I could get I could get into it. it. Same thing. They took too many different liberties. And it's like, uh, I'm with you. It'd be like telling Star Wars again, right? But you're going to introduce, you're going to tell, we all know and love the certain characters, but now you're going to rebrand them as something else. It's it's just weird.
0: Just well, create
1: a new story. Exactly. It's all about new stories in a universe. It's fantastic. Give me more Ninja Turtle stories. I mean, with Ray Filet and female Leatherhead's interesting. Um, John Cena as Rocksteady is going to be interesting. All right. Because Seth Rogen's Bebop. Yep. Um, Uh, Paul Rudd's Mondo Gecko Um, and then Baxter Stockman is Espensito.
0: Giancarlo (laughs) Esposito.
1: Esposito, Jackie Chan, Splinter. And I mean, this is a hell of a cast for voice. Ice Cube is going to play a new character. I'm excited for it,
0: you know? I am, too. Uh, You know, and like I said, cautiously optimistic. uh, But you know what? it's turtles there's no way we're not seeing it right
1: yeah no we're seeing it <laughs> i can't promise it's going to be good but we're going to see it of know, course like i said i even watched the other show and i didn't like it
0: and when it comes out we'll give you guys our review and you take that with a grain of salt and uh you know yeah. you, you make your own decision all right let's move on to our next bit of movie news well last year amazon closed an 8.5 billion billion-dollar acquisition of the film studio MGM, giving them ownership of the studio's thousands of films and TV shows. Now, they need to figure out what to do with all of the properties they own. And in the latest episode of the podcast, The Hot Mic, hosted by writer-critic John Roca and writer-critic reporter Jeff Snyder, Snyder revealed the six MGM properties that Amazon is most interested in doing something with. These are their top priorities. Stargate, The Thomas Crown Affair… Legally Blonde, Rocky, Poltergeist, and my favorite, RoboCop. Tony. RoboCop. Your thoughts?
1: Why? (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. We don't need more Rockies. They're great. Just go watch them. They're fantastic. You
0: don't need more. Well, we live in a world where they're going to capitalize on any known name. I mean, just look at Bel Air. You know, it's Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but it has, I mean, it's, nothing related to the original comedy. They're going to take these names that people know, and they're going to capitalize on. And if they do it right, yeah, I can see it'll be a great continuation.
1: Yeah. Hey, guys, if you can make a good new scary one, fantastic. Robocop? Sure. Why not? Why not make it right. more modern?
0: Stargate? That's cool. That was a great Big, sci-fi flick.
1: Stargate would be awesome. Thomas Crown Affair it was about thieves stealing artwork. Don't need to see it. You want to <laughs> watching watching renee a realistic. don't need to see any more of that uh legally blonde uh three sure why not but yeah. i don't know why you need to keep making them i mean i kind of feel like legally blonde one was perfect uh for like a chick uh that's kind of sexist right it sounds like a chick. <laughs> but when classified as a chick flick because when i was married that's that you know she would watch that movie a lot and uh oh I had to watch the second one and it was terrible because it was all about politics so it's kind of like do you do you need these properties again can we just get creative you got i'm sure you're, there's a lot of creative people out there that could push something new for generations um with rocky it sounds like says so alone, if I'm seeing this in the article, right, is uh, he's having a little issues with that. Like he's because he, he, that's very close to Sly, Yep. Um, which makes sense why he's probably not in it. in Creed 3 went a whole different direction. So, I mean, if you follow Creed, I can understand that going its own way. But man, leave Rocky out. And you see no more.
0: Exactly. They I don't want to
1: see anyone else play Rocky. I don't need
0: to see that. <laughs> and they had so many sequels that it doesn't need another one.
1: No, no. Poltergeist, though, would be cool. I know they tried a remake a few years back, but you know which one freaked me out? Was it, was it boom, with Craig T. Nelson? Or that was in one and two? He
0: was in one and two, but uh, the second okay, one was- Okay, well, that, that damn
1: old man that would come to the door- That was two. That was, the, that was two? Yep. Caroline, And then, you now part three was pretty bad. That was like in the office building with Tom Skerritt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, a was, big departure. That was pretty awful. Yeah. And Robocop, yeah. you know, I even enjoyed the uh, reboot that they tried a couple years ago with um, uh, oh God, who God, his name is escaping me right now. Oh, um, uh, he was in Peacemaker yeah. or not Peacemaker, but he was in uh, the Suicide Squad, played Rick Flag.
1: Oh, um, it's not Jai Courtney, right? No, no. no. Well, Let's see, I, well, I've, I've got it for you up here in just a sec. It was. Um, oh, Michael Keaton was in it. I know he didn't play it. Yeah,
0: no, he was the bad it was guy.
1: Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman. That one was pretty yeah, good. Gary I, I, Oldman, Michael Keaton and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Like you, you can do a Robocop reboot. I'd be fine with that.
0: Right. That, or you, that'd be cool. Even a sequel to the reboot would be good because I enjoyed that reboot.
1: Yeah, that was from 2014, if you can believe that long ago. Wow. It, it's come and gone. Yeah. It's crazy. It's
0: been a while. <laughs> All right. And then let's finally get into our, well, final story of with movies. You know, James Gunn has taken to Twitter again to address rumors, as new ones have surfaced that former Cape Crusader Ben Affleck might be helming the announced Batman movie The Brave and the Bold. Batman. <laughs> This incarnation will be separate from Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson starring universe of the Batman films. Recently, a fan accused Gunn of lying about Affleck not directing The Brave and the Bold since these rumors have now surfaced. The fan posted an article about Affleck possibly being the director and snadily asked, didn't Gunn say in a previous interview that Affleck's not directing Brave and the Bold? I get that Gunn is something of a professional liar, but still. Gunn replied, for years it's been my commitment to the fans that I will never lie to them. And I never have. I'd be very curious about what it is you think I've lied about. The fan would respond with pictures of past tweets where Gunn states that he wouldn't want to run DC and that he wouldn't want to direct a Superman movie. You know, it's it's, I don't know if that's necessarily lying. I think it's more of that was his where he was at in that space and time. All I can say is I am thrilled that James Gunn is taking over the DC cinematic universe, however you want to call it. I didn't hate Ben Affleck as Batman. And it sounds like if he directed this one, he wouldn't be playing Batman. I think he's done with that role. But, uh, you know, there are some really interesting projects in this James Gunn run of DC movies that have been announced. But I think this one I'm I'm actually very uh, excited about. Um, You know, we're getting a new Superman We've got this Batman. But uh, again, you know, just knowing James Gunn's work, if you've seen The Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, you know that he can treat these DC properties well. What are your thoughts, Tom?
1: Oh, give me any more Batman. I love it. I know it's the same story over and over, but Batman's just awesome. You know, they're not all great, but I always enjoy when they're coming out. I always get excited for them. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, we have a non-Batman Batman movie kind of coming in June mm-hmm. with the flash. Cause you bring back Michael Keaton and, um, and, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman's in it. So. Yeah.
0: And I've heard um, reports that, uh, 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 Christian, um, boy, my bo- Christian, Bale? Christian Bale may even, uh, show up in that film as well.
1: Oh God, that'd be awesome. Here's my favorite Batman. Him and Michael Keaton, my two Batmans.
0: Yeah. I've been on a like bit of a my,
1: Christian Bale bale's definitely the dark knight and michael keaton's batman
0: for sure Uh, i've been on a bit of a batman kick recently went and watched uh batman 1989 just finished the whole dark knight series and now i'm gonna watch uh, batman returns probably tonight just because it's fun
1: It is. Yeah. Are you going to finish? Are you going to watch forever and, and Robin?
0: No. In fact,
1: those two suck. Those two were really bad.
0: I tried watching forever. I I had to turn it off after 10 minutes. It was so, so bad.
1: It's pretty bad. The only reason why I have them on that voodoo for you to see is uh, it was like cheap to just buy all four. And oh my God,
0: two of them. Awful. (laughs) Makes sense. But uh, yeah. That does it in the movie news. We're going to go ahead and take a little break here, but when we come back, we're going to round out the show with video games. Don't go anywhere. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to AngelPhoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Phoenix Productions. folks we are back it is the proton pack podcast and uh this is episode one of season two yes we've been on hiatus for a while but uh you know it's it's kind of like riding a bike you know a uh, few little bumps in the road but for the most part pretty easy to pick up where we left off uh over a year ago i can't believe it's been that long yeah time.
1: well and you I can't believe it's a year, but look, our background is now like live. It's vibrant back there. Um, we're now Angel Phoenix Productions, which was, uh, was it Phoenix Media?
0: It was Phoenix Media before, day. yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we
1: kept our cell title. Hey, this, uh, this is a whole new season. It, it's a little ring rust, but uh, we'll, we'll work it out.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, including forgetting it's to play rust. the yeah the the movie intro in the last segment but yeah that stuff happens won't make that mistake with this one because we are talking video games so you know what tom let's go ahead and get on into it hey man you want to play some
1: video games
0: Time to kick ass and chew bubble gum. All right, first story here in video game news. Well, Hogwarts Legacy has been out for some time on PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC has been delayed once more on PS4 and Xbox One till May 5th, 2023. The news was shared on Hogwarts Legacy's Twitter account, and it was confirmed that the original April 4th date for PS4 and Xbox One was just not enough time for the team to deliver the best possible experience. Um, Hogwarts Legacy Twitter wrote, we're overwhelmed with gratitude for the response to Hogwarts Legacy from fans around the globe. The team is working hard to deliver the best possible experience on all platforms, and we need more time to do this. Hogwarts Legacy will launch for PS4 and Xbox One on May 5th, 2023. Now, Tone, I don't know if you've played this game at all. If you've played a demo, I've seen video of it. It looks like a fantastic game. In fact, I think it was up for game of the year, maybe at one game of the year. But if you still own the next generation PS4, excuse me, PS4, Xbox One, you're going to have to wait just a little bit longer.
1: Yeah. I've heard it's gotten good reviews. They picked up RPGs for me. They're wonderful. I think RPGs are great storytelling, uh, but you got to have a lot of time to invest and It's tough. I mean, even just simple pick them up and play them games are tough for uh, someone like you and myself who are constantly busy with full time jobs Um, and then some, you know, because our jobs take a lot of time um it's it's hard to sit down to just plant down to play but hey if you're a fan of harry potter beautiful graphics looks amazing um not something i'm personally going to pick up but i probably would recommend if you're a fan of rpgs in uh, the harry potter world
0: very cool yeah big open world game um if you have time to sit down and play it could be a lot of fun but again that's that's not the world we live in anymore tone you know it's it's pick up and play and and um You know, even this next one we're going to talk about might be just a little too long winded of a game for me to sit down and play, even though I enjoyed the original. That being said, Metroid Fusion is joining the Nintendo Switch Online Online Game Boy Advance library next week. Exactly when the game will arrive is a little unclear. However, as a tweet from Nintendo has uh, March 9th is the release date. Obviously, we're recording this on the 9th. It hasn't dropped yet. It's going to be tomorrow more than likely, which obviously relates to uh, the next story we're going to talk about. But uh, Metroid Fusion, if you don't know what it is, will be the first additional Game Boy Advance game added to the Switch Online collection after Nintendo launched the service alongside six titles in February. As the fourth game in the 2D Metroid saga, the entire collection will now sort of be available on Switch with the exception of the original game's remake, Zero Mission. Um, You know, I was always a big fan of the Metroid games, Loved it on Nintendo, loved it on Super Nintendo, and then the Nintendo 64, which was the first person, was really kind of a neat departure utilizing that new technology. Though it'll be fun to play this uh, Game Boy Advanced version, um, which kind of harkens back to the uh, Super Nintendo version.
1: Yeah, no, this is going to be a good one. I never got a chance to play Fusion, so that's going to be real cool to play. Um, I actually... And I picked it up and I would advise you or anyone, uh, that's a, uh, collector or a fan of the series, but you know, Metroid prime got remastered and re-released for the switch. You can pick it up digitally right now. It's $39. Cause it's an older game, mm-hmm. but the physical copy is limited. So I think that's one of those games you get. It's going to be worth money down the line. I actually don't know how, but, but dumb luck I've been looking for it all week. And, uh, I was like, damn, I'm never going to find this thing because they're sold out everywhere you go. They're selling like for a hundred bucks on eBay already. People are buying the crap out of it. But it's a $40 game. Well, I found it at the local Walmart up the street last one. So I got my hands on it. Haven't played it to review, but uh, I've watched a lot of side-by-side comparisons to the GameCube version. Um, Still getting a 10 out of 10 is what the critics are giving it. Uh, It's fun to go back and play But it's one of those games I picked up based off of will I have time to really play it? Probably not. But is it a game that might be worth a lot of money down the line? Yes. I still kick myself in the butt for not holding on to Marvel versus Capcom 2. You know how much those games go for? Holy crap. You know, I regret a lot of not holding on to old video games because retro gaming is such a big thing now. Mm -hmm. Those games would have been just worth so much. So kudos to Mike who's got all his Nintendo games, all his Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, GameCube, Dreamcast. He's got everything still.
0: That's oh, man, crazy. I'm jealous. I know. Yeah. You know, for us growing up, it, it was always, you know, you would get games, you would play them, and then you trade them in towards a new game. And uh, that's yeah. a racket all into itself. you were too stupid
1: to know you were getting ripped off, right?
0: Exactly. If like, it's
1: the newest one, I don't care. I'll trade <laughs> you five for one.
0: <laughs> you don't care. So and Nintendo Switch Online is a fantastic uh, thing to have. You know, it's they've got the expansion packs. Um, the expansion packs include uh, Nintendo 64, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, uh, Sega Genesis. Um, if you're a fan of retro gaming, it's a must have. It'll cost you 50 bucks a year and it is well worth dropping that money.
1: Oh, absolutely. And if you don't want it, there is the free one as well. If you do the free one, you get access to Nintendo. I think game and Boy Super maybe. Nintendo, the old game. And then, Super. but if you if you pay a little more, you'll have access to Sega Genesis, Nintendo 64, Game Boy Advance. Um, it also gives you uh, access to the Mario Kart 8 uh, Deluxe Booster Course Pass. Um, If you're a fan of Animal Crossing, you get all those downloads. And uh, I want to say Splatoon has
0: some maps. Splatoon There's 2 DLC, yeah.
1: Yeah, good stuff. But I agree with you, man. Like, Nintendo Switch is such a great system. Um, I think it's five years old now, which blows my mind. It's that old. Mm-hmm. Um, But I love it for, you know, get, it's a good way to get people into gaming if they haven't gamed. So, like my girlfriend... Jamie Anna, I, no, she didn't really grow up playing video games. So uh, to introduce her into Nintendo and the rewind feature is a godsend. <laughs> God, I was able to help her beat Super Mario Brothers, which for you and me, that game, you could just do it with your eyes shut almost because we right. played it so much. You know so the pattern, you know the rhythm, you know when to make the jumps. Yeah, you got it down because that's what was great about Nintendo growing up in the 80s. You had to memorize the patterns to get through the damn game and they were frustrating. There's some games They still can't beat, they're so damn hard. But with rewind feature, oh life is great. So I was able to get her into that. And you know, she loves got her into Kirby, and there's a lot of gateway games to get her in, you know, versus when we saw Uncharted a year ago. She's like, Do you have Uncharted the game? I go, Yeah, it's not probably what you think it's gonna be,
0: though. (laughs) Exactly.
1: You know, she's gonna pick it up, it's gonna be like like this fun video game. Like, no, it's a it's a flipping story, it's a fantastic game, but again. I have the time to do it.
0: So. Exactly.
1: But uh, that's, that's my little Nintendo rant. as we, as we talk about our last one here, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. And so this is our last story in video games. And of course, you know, if you guys have been watching or listening along, you know, the weather has caused Tony to start to disappear into the singularity. Uh, we're getting a little more frozen and digital, Tony. So. I'm,
1: starting to, I'm starting to melt, yeah.
0: Exactly, but uh, a game that he mentioned- This is and-
1: stupid too, because I'm like hardwired, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, we were going so smooth at the beginning, but, yeah, got to love technology. So, uh, last story.
1: 60 mile an hour waves not helping.
0: No. Tony mentioned it uh, in his Nintendo uh, list of games and and advantages to the expansion pack. Well, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 4 arrives, well, if you're listening to it on Friday, today. Um, I'm excited for this. Right now. Um, It's
1: Mario Day, technically.
0: Yeah, yeah. March 10th. Uh, March 10th, M-A-R-1-0. It's Mario. Well, the release date was announced in a new trailer, which Nintendo showed off the eight new tracks coming to the game alongside with the return of Birdo as a playable character. The eight tracks featured in Wave 4 are Singapore Speedway, Bangkok Rush, and Amsterdam Drift from the Mario Kart Tour, Donkey Kong Summit from Mario Kart Wii, Riverside Park from Mario Kart Super Circuit, Mario Circuit from Mario Kart DS, Waluigi Stadium from Double Dash, and one brand new track, Yoshi's Island. Now, I've been waiting for this for a while. You know, uh, my girlfriend and I, we play the hell out of Mario Kart because, again, it's fun to pick up and just, play and you know you get a little friendly rivalry in there but uh, we have been waiting and waiting and waiting for the next uh um, you know course pass to come out and it's finally here are you excited for it tone
1: oh absolutely and i saw a leak so birdo is going to be a new character well with the rest of the year they're going to add five more characters so that's i'm excited i don't know who they're going to be but i love <laughs> these new tracks and yeah, DCC or 100 CC. So I got my ass smoked. and game. Um, I didn't really play too much of the Mario Kart tour on the phone. I, you always had to have your Wi-Fi connected to play the thing. And
0: well, and it's, it's, it's never, n- it's
1: a good game. Just never really got around to it.
0: It's not as intuitive as picking up the controller and playing, you know, you have to use the touch screen, you know, it wasn't as fun, but uh, you know, if you like those Mario Kart Tour maps, just pick up the expansion. You can play them in the actual version.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, the expansion is worth it a lot. Um, all the way from what they this came out on Wii U. Yeah. Um, and they've just since expanded the heck out of it. It's fantastic exactly i apologize i know i'm cutting in and out because i can hear it i can hear it in my ears so
0: (laughs) yeah you know we're, we're losing tony more and more to the singularity which pretty much tells us it's time to wrap this thing up Well, folks, we do appreciate you joining us again. Hopefully, uh, you know, we've got a couple new eyes, a couple new ears. And then, of course, if you followed us previously, we love that you're coming back with us again on this new run of the Proton Pack podcast. Uh, Tony, with what little bandwidth you have left, uh, anything you want to leave the folks on?
1: Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming back. And uh, let's enjoy the ride. It's going to be fun.
0: Awesome, folks. Well, we will be back uh, next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, enjoy. Let us know how we're doing, and we will see you all then. I am close, hey, 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 hey. awesome, baby. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Yeah, we will. Mommy, where's Fluffy? Goodbye. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers, and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.